0: Welcome to another episode of the Burnett High School Class of 2003 podcast. I am your host, Nick Greenwood. This is episode seven, where I talk to Patrick Kelly. Patrick and I had actually recorded an episode together back in February, and he came back the next day and said that he had more things to talk about, which you'll find out why. He talks about being a dad, tennis, BETC, and how he quite literally walked straight into his locksmithing career. This conversation took place on May 8th, 2022. Well, we've had <laughs> we've had 3 months of back and forth and yes. uh, mis- misfires and trying to make this work a second time, but um I'm glad we were able to do this. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh by the way, uh I have not gone back to listen to the audio from our last conversation. So, uh you know we can we can start fresh we can talk about anything you want that that kind of thing but uh i remember from from that time uh you came back the day after we had recorded and said that you had some additional things you wanted you wanted to talk about um so uh we don't have to get, jump into that right away but wherever you want to go that's that's great <laughs> okay all right. So, so uh and first of all, uh, I just wanted to polo- apologize on my end. Um I I've I've just had a lot of stuff happening in the last uh 3 months. I started a new job. My wife started a new job. Um uh I'm actually uh so my wife is pregnant. Um Congrats. Yeah, thanks. Um so uh we've been doing, you know, doctors appointments and things like that. Uh, I've been going I've been going with her to see um ultrasound things uh also i'm working on music for a friend's uh video game um so i'm doing uh some guitar and mixing um so i've got what, a lot what, of irons what's the,
1: what's the video game
0: well okay so uh, my friend um tim is working on a game it's called dino mercs um and uh he's still in the alpha for that um I, i'll I I can send you a link to it. Um, it's a card-based game, but it's a PC game. Um, okay. And uh, the the music is kind of like it's like synth wave with like metal guitar riffs. Oh, nice. So um, a buddy I brought in a buddy of mine. He's writing a lot of the music, and then he's sending the tracks over to me. I'm mixing it, and then I'm adding guitar. Uh, so we, we've been doing a lot of back and forth and talking about that so that, and it's my first paid gig as a, as a person doing mixing, audio mixing for that. (laughs) Um, so it's kind of like, okay, well, between that and running a podcast, I, I need to, I need to hold that one. A little bit closer and make sure I'm, you know, staying on top of it. That kind of thing. Right, um, right. Uh, I've got one song done so far, and I'm, I've got the next, uh, the next one available, or the next one to start working on, as far as you know, uh, mixing and things like that go. Uh, Excellent. Yeah, we're they're shooting for um, maybe August timeframe for the game to be done and out, and we're trying to have at least four songs. Um, so. Anyway, uh, yeah, so <laughs> I've had a lot going on in the last three months, um, so it's not you know I wasn't trying to ignore, you know ignore you or anything like that. Um,
1: no, I, I know that. I've, I've been crazy busy the last few months as well.
2: So,
0: yeah, yeah. Uh, what, what have you got going on?
1: Well, um, obviously, work at Burnett County Maintenance, uh-huh. um, doing carpentry work mostly. Um, but I'm also the locksmith for the, the county. Okay. Um, so it goes anywhere from, you know, building cabinets to changing out door closers. I mean, it can, it's a whole variety of different things that we have to do. Um, there's not one specific thing that, you know, one person does to only this. You have to do lots of different stuff.
0: Jack of so, all trades.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um yeah, my son just had his uh a cardiologist appointment. Um okay. So, this is he hasn't been to the cardiologist in 2 years. So, it, it it's just like a checkup. Um and we got a great report from that. Okay. Um, Good. Yeah. Yeah. So, um previously when we had been there 2 years ago, um the report was anything but contact sports. Okay, so, um, but they've actually even lifted that restriction since this last one.
0: Nice. Okay. Yeah. So uh, we this this was something that you wanted to talk about. I wanted to maybe push that out just a little bit, but um, tell us okay. about tell us <laughs> tell me about um, you had when we talked last. You had mentioned you had been a locksmith for a long time um and that's and that's kind of led you to where you're at and what you're doing now correct correct yeah. can you can you tell that story again or
2: yeah absolutely so
1: um i've been locksmithing for 15 years okay uh, you know kind of just fell into it honestly i was out looking for a job you know driving around in marble falls saw a locksmith shop said you know what that that looks kind of interesting let's go see what what it's about um i walked in the owner of bill's locksmith at that time uh basically he hired me right there on the spot um (laughs) awesome yeah yeah so it, it 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 all kind of just fell into place you know um I worked for him for about five years, roughly.
2: Okay. Before
1: moving to Huntsville, my wife was, we just got married.
2: Um, she was at Sam Houston State um, studying criminal justice. Okay. Um,
1: there was a couple months there that. I wasn't locksmithing. I actually had a job at Kroger's um, putting milk on a shelf,
2: you know? Okay.
1: Uh, Yeah. That's really not where I wanted to be, but it was a a job at that point. Um, I got hooked up with a locksmith company in Bryan College Station. Um, There again, walked in, gave them
2: my credentials. Hired me on the spot again. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. There, I
1: worked for them. That was Griffin Locksmith there, Bryan College Station. Um, worked for them for about five years or so.
2: Um, trained, I believe, four apprentices while there. Um, which, uh, people don't realize that People who get
1: into locksmithing only stay in it for approximately two years.
0: Oh, okay. I, I didn't know that. Yeah. The first two years you
1: are just broke having to buy your tools and go through all these trainings and, and stuff like that. A lot of people it's, it's tough, you know, um, you know, trying to put food on the table for two years, basically.
0: Um, And so a lot of people just split. Just say this isn't worth it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna leave.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, Which is why we train so many apprentices and and stuff like that because the odds of them staying past two years is very rare. Um. So, of the four that I trained there, two of them are actually still locksmithing to this day. So that's a pretty good. Good odds? Good record, yeah. Um, okay. So when my wife got out of college at Sam Houston, she got a job as a dispatcher for City of College Station. Okay. That was not a good fit for her. Um, you know, it was one of those deals that she saw the dark side of the the city all day for work and you know uh, so she came to me and said i want to go back to burn it I said, okay
0: well we're going back to burn it i guess was um, that was that a thing where you were like mm, hey sweetheart would you ever want to go back to burn it please 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 baby
1: <laughs> yes 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 new <laughs> kids are they're they're my life you know yeah they it's Seeing them every morning, smiling, and I- I'm very happy for you that, that you're going to get to experience this.
0: Yeah, um, so you know, today is Mother's Day, um, so uh, we're celebrating my wife today. This is her first wow. Mother's Day, um, and uh, my mother-in-law is coming over today. And then uh, uh, about a week ago, we found out we're having a girl. Oh, so, actually. Yeah, uh so the the hopeless romantic in me is just you know. Oh, oh, she's already stole your heart. I can tell. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. So Absolutely. Yeah, we're uh we're we're excited. Uh, we're, so my wife is due in September. Uh the due date is September 14th and um not a lot has changed for me personally. So far, uh, I am gonna have to start moving some of my guitar gear out of the house and put it in storage because we don't have a lot of space in our house. so it's uh-huh. literally move my guitar amp, put a crib in the space where the guitar amp was.
1: Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, yes.
0: that's the plan. Um, but it's gonna be the new the new adventure, the new thing, the new way to grow as a person, and yeah,
1: yeah, <laughs> absolutely, man. it's 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 so much fun. It is yeah.
0: so much fun. Do you have so? How many kids do you have? I have two. Two. Okay. And you have it's a boy and a girl. Boy and girl. Yep. Okay. What? What's it? What's it like raising a girl? It's it's
2: interesting. (laughs) (laughs) And and I, I say that, you know, that that I love that
1: girl. Oh my gosh, I love her. She. She looks like her mama and acts like her daddy. And we're in trouble when she gets older, man.
2: She's a, she's a firecracker. She is, uh, she's beautiful. She, you know, uh,
1: when she hugs your neck, man, it's, there ain't no better feeling.
0: Awesome. I'm looking forward to that with my, with my daughter. So, so yeah, Lexi,
1: she's a, well, Alexis, Lexi, short. Um uh, she's gonna be turning five next month. So yeah.
0: Awesome. Any more plans for more or no. Nope. nope. Done? No. Nope. Nope. Okay. We're done. Yeah. <laughs> that is it. I think we're gonna shoot for at least two. I, I wanna have three, but I think my wife wants two. Well we're gonna have to have a discussion after our second child. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's,
1: you learn a lot of patience um, with them, but the end result is the most rewarding thing. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's really awesome.
0: And, uh, okay. So we were talking about, um, you guys, you were at college station, you moved back to burn and, yeah. you know, obviously is family still in Burnett, that kind of thing. So it's close. You're close to family.
1: Yes. So, okay. uh, my wife's family lives just outside of marble falls. Okay. Uh, my family lives just outside of Burnett toward okay. the Canada. Uh, so it, it was, it was a lot better for us. We, you know, having that support and being able to say, Hey, Grandma, can you watch the kids for a little bit, you know, so we can go to the grocery store and do what we have to do, uh you know. It it was it was a lot better.
0: Moving nice. back to that. Okay. It is nice when you get to have family that can you know, close by that you can rely on. Uh I I'm up here in Washington State. My my parents are in Arizona and Texas, so uh-huh uh you know i i moved away <laughs> i got away from my family um and that's just that's just how things shook out but um we're still close to like my wife's parents are still in the area so um okay good yeah they're going to be able to help us out quite a bit right excellent now you were telling me about your son having cardiologists car, you know uh appointments for that and this is actually where you said you wanted to you wanted to talk more about that or, you know, that was something that you had not brought up the last time we talked.
1: Right. So when we were living in Bryan college station. Okay. Um, that's where he was born. He was, he was born over there. Um, uh, after he was born, we were still at the hospital. Um, you know, he was having a few minor, issues in um not maintaining his his body heat quite right um not maintaining his blood sugar quite right um so they put him in the NICU which is neonatal ICU mm-hmm. okay um which was interesting because he's this giant baby and most of the other babies in there are were little bitty preemies and he's this almost eight pound baby in there yeah to the point that they asked us Do, could you bring us some clothes for him to, to wear we don't have anything in it his size uh, yeah we, we got it
2: <laughs> so, um we we stayed in the NICU
1: there at uh St. Joseph's when he was seven days old, his heart rate jumped up really, really high. He maxed out the heart monitor.
0: Oh, so, okay.
1: Yeah. So he was somewhere over 300 beats per minute for seven minutes straight, which is cardiac arrest
2: basically. Wow. Um, so we got the heart rate back down
1: to something manageable. They ordered the uh, an EKG and echocardiogram, which is a sonogram for the heart. Um, the EKG didn't show a whole lot, but the echo did. That It showed um, you have three valves coming up the top of your heart. Okay.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: He is missing one of those. Oh, okay. Okay. Now that was a minor issue. The uh the bigger issue was what is called the coarctation of the aorta. Which is okay, your aorta aorta is the the main the main valve. Uh, the main one that sends heart uh, blood to your heart. Okay. Right.
0: Um,
1: and a coarctation is basically it's getting pinched off. Okay. So he, his aorta sending blood to his heart was basically had a rubber band around it that was tightened.
0: Oh constantly. yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Okay.
2: Um, so they, sent him in a helicopter to Dell Children's in, in Austin. He had
1: the co repaired at 10 days old. So yeah. Open heart surgery on a on 10 day old, your firstborn is a little nerve wracking. Uh, I
0: can imagine. Yes.
1: Yeah. He uh, made it through the surgery. Great. Um they did not fix the bicuspid valve. That's they can't just go in and put another, you know, hole in his heart, you know. That that wouldn't be good. Um but they did fix the coarctation. Um so he's he's doing great. Uh there once we got released from Dell Children's. It was a cardiologist appointment every month, every month. Um, then they spaced it up to every three months and every six months, then a year, then two years, which is where this last one was. Um, and now his next one will be in three years. So it'll be 10 okay.
2: years old.
0: Yes. Yeah. So is there, um, I don't know how common this particular, the thing with the aorta, how, do you know how common that is? Or, or
1: It is more common than I guess I realized. Um, it's still not crazy common. I do know, other than Liam, my son, I know two other people who have had it. One is our physician, our doctor. Um, her daughter had it, had the same thing. Um, and then my boss at Griffin locksmith also had, had it, you know, many years previously. So,
0: okay. So I, I'm just picturing, you know, this is something that, you know, it's, it's known it's, you know, here's how we're going to fix it. Here's, here's the procedure. You know, we already know what we're going to do. Let's go, let's go in and fix it. That kind of thing. Was that already presented to you? Yes. Okay.
1: Yes. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Okay, and you had great treatment from, you know, I I expect from.
1: Oh my gosh! Uh, amazing treatment. Amazing treatment at Dell's. I mean, it unbelievable, unbelievable. Really, I mean, every morning and every afternoon, the the pediatric cardiologist, the heart surgeon, the pediatric heart surgeon and this whole team would come to our room and we all would have a powwow about what was going on what the next step was going to be you know they they really kept us informed, uh, and were we were encouraged to ask questions if we didn't understand something so it was it was really really neat
0: Great. I, you know, we think of, um, you know, a doctor who knows a lot, but just doesn't have the people skills. <laughs> so it's kind of <laughs> like, here's how it's going to be. Here's what we're going to do. And you're like, uh, I don't know. Uh, right. But that, that doesn't sound like what you had there.
1: No, no, it wasn't. It sure wasn't. So, so yeah. And the, the, the doctor who had performed the, the, uh, co repair on my son was also the same one that did the co-work repair on our, our doctor's daughter.
0: Okay. All right. So, so
2: <laughs> same, same pediatric
1: cardiovascular surgeon. And that's a long title, which means you get paid a lot of money yep. for working in tiny, tiny little spaces.
0: And well-deserved.
1: Yes, Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: So uh, so recently you, you had brought your son to the cardiologist. They said, <laughs> you know, uh, everything looks great. He's, everything's checked out. And you said that, you know, contact sports, totally okay now? Absolutely. We're, okay. we're good to go even on contact sports. Okay. Uh, is he getting into sports or?
1: He is. Um, we we got to work on his uh, hand-eye coordination a little bit. He is very tall. For his age, I mean he's four foot eight, I believe, I mean seven years old and four foot eight um,
0: right, okay
1: that's a big boy, but when he gets to going he's kind of like a great dane he, he's got to get his legs and arms going in the right <laughs> same direction at the same time, and uh, he hadn't quite figured that that part of it out yet, but he will He will
0: okay. Uh now I remember, you know, you and I had talked about like you, you played tennis. Um yes. but uh is that is that something he is wanting to get into or you know obviously like football is just a big thing in Texas everywhere.
1: Right, right, right. Um I would rather see him play tennis or basketball than football, personally. Um just the the head injuries is it worth it? Uh, i i i don't know too many too many compressions, and you you're not in a good way
0: yeah uh before before my wife and I found out that we were having a girl, we were having the discussion like if we have a boy mm-hmm. uh you know x y z uh so my wife was asking me um do you think our our son our hypothetical son would ever get into football and I said, well no, I don't think so because they're, I'm not a football person myself, and uh-huh. so he's not going to grow up with that. And then my wife is making the case, like, but if he wants to rebel as a teenager, that might be the way for him to rebel is to get into football. I was like, yeah, right. I'm like, all right, if he wants to play, I guess, like, I'll, I'll support him. But she's like, no, I'm not letting him do that.
1: <laughs> too many blown out knees, too many concussions. Uh,
0: I just yeah what's a what is a common uh tennis injury so elbow things
1: yeah shoulders elbows okay. um and knees um,
0: starting starting and stopping
1: yes yeah the the starting and stopping is just awful on your knees um i played a uh a little tournament alumni tournament um Gosh, when was that? Right before the COVID, I, I guess 2019, I guess, um, somewhere in there. And, of course, you have these alumni playing against the current tennis players. And I realized real quick, I I can't keep up with these kids anymore.
0: Um, They're just running circles around you?
1: Oh, Oh, yeah, absolutely. So... I really had to rely on my shot placement and because I can't chase down the ball like they do anymore. That just doesn't happen. So yeah, I was out there with my knee braces on and I, I just, uh, i talked to uh Tammy Holland afterward. Who's the, the former tennis coach. Okay. Uh, after Linda Burkhead, Linda Burkhead was the head coach whenever, I was in tennis and then Tammy Hollum took over after that. Um, but she was the one that put on the, that alumni tournament and, uh, telling Tammy, I, I, I can come and help you out, but I, there's no way I can, I could play in probably another one of these. I was the oldest alumni there and it was, it was rough on me. Um, <laughs> uh, I I still uh, took out a couple of them youngsters, so
2: so that was nice. Uh, took fourth place in the tournament out of about oh gosh
1: twenty twenty five people. So
0: good, good. And you walked away with you know ice on both knees. Yeah,
1: absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> had, the high, had the ice packs. Yes, absolutely.
0: All right. <laughs> Uh, You were, let's see, we we had talked last time. You were also in BETC. Yes.
1: Yes. Um, Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Um, Of course, we do our musicals in the first half, and then you have one-act play in the second semester of the school year. Okay. Uh, Which I I really enjoyed one-act play much more than the musicals, that just me personally.
0: Um, uh, how, how, like, why, why is that?
1: I, I, I was more into the acting side as opposed to the singing and dancing and all that.
0: Sure. Uh, my wife and I go to a lot of musicals here in Seattle. And, you know, uh-huh. we have, we have, we have a lot of great theater here. Uh, we try to get out whenever we can and uh every time i go to a musical i just always enjoy it and it's kind of like man if i had a different life path i could totally see myself being a part of an ensemble cast right
2: Right.
0: yeah
1: you know being in btc it's uh all the people that were in there amanda Herridge, stephen alexander caitlin chuang uh nick coker joanna brown um Mm-hmm. we're still like, uh, feel like it's family, you know, um, even 20 years later, you know, it's,
0: you still keep in contact with all, all of them or
1: not as much as I would like to. Um, I, I, I should really reach out and, and contact some of them. It's, you know, with, with the, everybody's crazy schedule, it's, yep. it's, it makes it difficult sometimes, you know? Yeah.
0: Yeah: I always really enjoyed I, I took theater in sixth grade at a different school, Burke Burnett, junior high. Burke Burnett is up uh, on the Oklahoma border, and then okay. the, I, had, I had come down to Burnett in seventh grade. I took, okay. the, I took theater in sixth grade, and I liked it, but I also had a really weird and embarrassing like stage experience, and so I decided not to. Pursue it further, even though years later, I I still really enjoy theater musicals, hanging out with all the weird art kids, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know that kind of thing. So, uh, I wonder what would have happened if I would have had a better experience. But um, that's fine. You you get you get over it and move on. But um, what kind of uh, what were some of your favorite plays or or musicals that you were a part of?
1: Marriage of Bet Boot which was our our one-act play, Um, which Caitlin Schwann ended up winning Best Actress in the District for that, uh, I believe. Um, We did Leader of the Pack was one of the musicals that we did. We did Taming of the Shrew.
0: I remember that one, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, Gosh, I can't...
1: None of the other ones are coming in to mind right now.
0: Uh, were you a part of the, I think it was our, I think it was our senior year. It was, um, the shattered dreams thing. They would get the theater students to, to do the makeup. Yeah. Makeup. Were you a part of that?
1: Uh, yes. Yes, I was. Um, I wasn't part of the makeup crew, um, but kind of coordinating the kids coming in and out and, you know, this is what, you know, as of right now, you no know more talking and all this, but you do need to go back to class. Um, so I was kind of liaison between the kids coming in, getting their makeup and going back to class.
0: Okay, but you didn't, you were not part of the, let's see, the crash scene or the the makeup thing. Okay. That was, um... I remember that being a really crazy time uh I played guitar for the ceremony or the the presentation that they had um on the second the second day of it
2: hmm
0: that was that was a really wild crazy like thing that happened that
1: <laughs> yeah, the uh, you know and they do that every two every or three two years
0: two years i think, and that two way. Years. You know, if you're a junior or a senior, you're gonna you experience it one time,
1: right? Right, Um, and it it's impacted a lot of students that have come through there. You know, Uh, you know, seeing that that crash scene that they set out, it's it's something that sticks with you for sure.
0: Yeah, Uh, my stepdad, uh, Buddy Ponzik uh, was an EMT at that time when we were seniors and he, he was part of the crew that came out for the crash scene. Oh my gosh. I was like, Oh, there he is. Um, yeah. And, uh, some of the stories that he has told me things that he's seen. I was like, I would never, ever, ever want to go into that. Like that's a special type of stomach to, to be able to see and, and, he's no longer doing that. He, he just reached a, he reached a, a wall. He's just, like, I can't yeah. do this anymore. No, yeah. so. absolutely.
1: I mean, I, have, I worked in, uh, the x-ray department, radiology department for gosh, about two years, um, between a clinic and a hospital in Fredericksburg. Uh, of course, working in radiology department, you see all the rec patients and all that because once they come into ER, they're evaluated, then they get sent over for their x-rays or CAT scans or what have you, depending on what the injury is. And you see a lot of things. A lot of things. Um, yes. And if you cannot emotionally detach yourself from that situation, it's going to eat you up. I mean, we had a lot of fun with my coworkers and stuff like that. But when it came time to work, it's, it's time to work right now. Um, and a lot of it was emergency situations. I worked at the the hospital on weekends. Um, so, I pulled back-to-back 16s, so 32 hours in two days. Ouch! Yeah, and for a lot of that, I actually had a full-time job during the week, so working 70 plus hours every week, um, and it does, it would just wears you out. I mean, emotionally, physically, uh, mentally, you just you're just wore out um had a had an experience when working at the hospital um i won't go into a whole lot of details on that but okay it i still have that image in my mind and it was one of the reasons that i quit doing that but yeah i won't i won't go too much into that
0: sure you have you have the one experience that's kind of like okay i i can't deal with this i can't process this i'm gonna do something else right yeah Yeah. um i did a medical transport job in phoenix for about three years and uh it was it was mostly you know transporting people in their 80s and 90s uh, you know taking them from their house to a hospice care or taking them out of the hospital, bring them to hospice care or taking them home or, you know, any taking them to a dialysis appointment, things like that, any kind of right. combinations of things. But then there were all of those kind of the weird in between situations where there's a legitimate emergency, but they don't want to call an ambulance. So they call us <laughs> and right. I've seen some, I've seen some wacky things and uh I was like, I, I can't, I don't have the stomach for this. I don't have, you know, I, I can't do this long term. Right. Right. So, and so, uh, you know, you said you got out of that job. Is that, is that when you came into Bill's Locksmith and just, I'm going to do something else? Yes. Yeah. Okay. That was, uh, that was the point where,
1: yeah, it, it's time to find something else. And so walked into, into the locksmithing business, there.
0: Okay, we came full circle. So yeah, yeah. Oh, just one one more detail. So was sure. there a help wanted sign, or did you just like just look at it and just say, "I'm going to walk in there and talk to them"?
1: Uh, no help wanted sign. Just just walk in.
0: <laughs> yeah. All right.
1: Yeah. And like I said, that 15 years ago, man. And so I actually got my.
2: Master license, oh gosh, when did I get that? Last year? Maybe two years ago. Um, So yeah, Master Locksmith license is not something
1: needed necessarily um, for an individual. But as far as a business, you have to have a Master Locksmith on hand on the payroll. Okay? So we we didn't have one at at Bills when the, I came back,
2: okay? Uh and I I said they didn't have one. The owner at that time had
1: the master license, okay? He sold the business. Oh, to yeah. One of the other locksmiths that was working there. At that point one of us had to get our master license for the company. So I was, I was picked for that.
0: And They're like, Patrick, it's your time. Yeah. Yeah. Is there, as far as licensing things go, is there, um, is it based on length of time employed or in the field, or is it based on a certain level of training or how does that work?
2: Yes. And yes. Um, Okay. You
1: you cannot even apply for your master locksmith license, um, without four years of experience. Okay, so two under a under a, a master locksmith, and then two individual. Okay, um, so basically two year apprenticeship, two year as a locksmith, you cannot even apply for, for the master. Um, I will say anybody who applies for it with just four years under the belt is that is not a smart move. That is a really, really tough test. Um, even for somebody who had been doing it for gosh, 13 years at that time, it it was a really, really tough test. Um it's I, I actually didn't pass it the first time that I
2: took it. Oh wow. Okay. Um yeah, it's it's a lot of the
1: law and fines and well do we really need to know the fines for something? Because we are uh, linked in with security
2: guards and uh, CCTV personnel also. But I don't need to
1: know the fines of somebody who's in CCTV. But it's still on my test that I have to take.
0: Yeah. It, it okay. That sounds. Yeah, that sounds a little wacky, but <laughs> yeah. Uh, very, very
1: little of the actual test has anything to do with locksmithing.
0: Very little. The, the practical day-to-day application of doing your job. Right. right. Yeah. Right. So, I, I, I can say, as an engineer, uh, I do not use any calculus. <laughs> I do not use any differential equations. I do not use any linear algebra. So a lot of the math that I had to go through to get my, you know, on the, on the path to getting my degree, Mm -hmm. totally useless. Doesn't, does not apply. Yeah. Um, Or, you know, it's a, you know, at best, it's a computer simulation program that will have those formulas and things like that built in it so that I don't have to, that kind of thing. But so there's, um, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. oh so there's a, you know, there's what's called professional engineer. That's a, that's a license that you can get. Um, uh-huh. So EIT, engineer and training, and then professional engineer. Um, okay. And that's, that's for engineers that work in pub, anything having to do with public safety. So, you know, any kind of like architecture or bridges or things like, or, you know, public transit systems, things like that, that's where you have to have PEs. Um, the PE test is basically you're regurgitating four years worth of college, right? You know, all of the math, all of the, uh, physics, everything, um, in the test. Right. Um, and, uh, now I, I work in manufacturing. I don't have to, you know, I I work in aerospace that, that doesn't really apply to me. Uh, but if I were to get into transit or, uh, anything, you know, electrical, you know, big power, electrical systems. Um, I would, I would have to have it, but yeah, it's just kind of like, this is, this is pushing further than like what you need for your regular daily job.
1: Right. Right. So, so you don't, you don't work on roads and bridges and figure out all the physics or nope. that. No,
0: nope. Yeah, I, uh, I, I work, on, um, I work on flight hardware, actually. Um, okay. So uh, I was with a company where, you know, we were doing little what's called DC-DC converters. I'm using my hands here to show a little small device, mm-hmm. um, microelectronics, and these things would go into satellites. And the uh, the Mars rover has, you know, uh, some of these little devices on them, that kind of thing. Uh, okay. I, left, I left that company um in January and I'm now working for a different company that makes uh power products for mostly business jets. Okay. And uh and s- some stuff for for Boeing. We have Boeing, you know, is based in the Seattle area. So uh there's right. a lot of there's a lot of aerospace companies and companies that serve Boeing up here in in the Northwest. Um so uh honestly, I I'm a product support engineer, so um anytime you know one of our customers has an issue with whatever thing that we sent them they send it back to us and i i do troubleshooting i'm very hands-on i do troubleshooting and check out you know electrical components make sure they're okay you know that kind of thing suggest repair or actually this thing has to get scrapped and let's get a different circuit board to put in there that kind Uh, of thing okay yeah
1: okay excellent
0: but yeah, I don't. I don't use any of my math from <laughs> from school. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, I, I mean, as far as locksmith, we use a lot
2: more math than I was expecting. Okay. Really? Uh, okay. Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um,
1: like, uh, we're dealing with differences of three thousandths of an inch. Um, So, as far as pin stacks, as far as um, master keying, you know, um, then you have the interchangeable cores. Well, these interchangeable cores pin up different, like a best pins up different than a sergeant. And I don't know, that's probably Greek to everybody, but um, yeah, you, you have to, and you have to be exact on it there's no no waiver i mean it's you have to be exact, and if you're not that that lock will not work at all so yeah, setting up these these master key systems and figuring out which which pins which chambers roll which
2: yeah it's nice. uh
1: yeah. Which is why Burnett County really wanted me over there, because they've got several buildings um, that I maintain the locks, door closers, and stuff like that on. Plus their master system.
0: Gotcha. And But you don't, do, you don't just do that now. You, it's more of a general position. Is that correct?
1: Correct. Correct. Yeah. Uh, general position, if they do have a lock problem, I'm the one that they call.
0: It sounds, I mean, it sounds like it's a stable, you know, position, you know, you know, something that you can, you can carry with you for a long time. And
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It's a, uh, you know, being a uh, independent contractor for almost 15 years and no paid time off, no paid sick leave, no, nothing like that. And now you have these. I've got these ridiculous benefits with the county, and it's that has taken some adjustment. You mean I can actually take a day off and they're going to pay me for that?
0: What is this? Wow. <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: <laughs> awesome. Uh, my wife, Jack, uh, just took on a job with uh, the University of Washington. Um, she does medical billing, and um, okay. so she is now a state employee. Ah, nice. So uh we we just switched over our health insurance because hers was hers was better than mine. Oh absolutely. So uh I'm still maintaining my dental because I've got braces happening here, but after now, right. yeah. Uh yeah, I've been uh six months on my, my braces. I'm now at the stage of uh the rubber bands holding my jaw shut. Uh-huh. Um uh-huh. I'm not wearing them right now, but Uh, yeah, that's taken, that's taken a little bit of time to, to adjust to that. Uh, and it it really is working. I can feel my teeth shifting and moving around quite a bit. So, yeah, I'm, I think if I was going to wait until the age of 40, I think I probably wouldn't have done it, but I was like, all right, late thirties, let's, yeah, maybe it's worth it to fix my teeth and get that done i don't know i don't know if you heard the I, episode with uh zach glacier but he he was talking about that too yeah, he was yeah sharing sharing a story about that but right so um we're coming up a little bit on an hour uh i want to respect your time um i've also got you know we've got some things happening over here on our end um okay. but uh just you know coming back to burn it um is there anything that you've carried with you from Burnett high school that you still have today That still, you still carry with you?
1: Uh, You know, Nick, just the experiences and uh, all the people that I have kept contact with over the years. That's, that's probably it. I mean,
0: Uh, uh, is there somebody that you would want to hear, hear from on a podcast in a future episode? You had you had rattled off a list of names with uh, BETC,
1: right, right, right. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Joanna Brown. I mean, she's a. I think she she was so incredible back then. Um, such a sweetheart. Um, but yeah, she, I would li- I would like to hear from her.
0: Okay. Cool. I, each each person I've talked to has given me like three or four names and then I've tried to, (laughs) okay. okay. You know, I'm at the point where it's like, there's too many, there's too many people. (laughs) Yeah. So if I can, if I can keep this moving along and not have a three month wait in between episodes,
1: absolutely.
0: but I haven't talked to her in a long time, but I'm still friends with her on Facebook. So I can can reach out to her. And uh, do you have a, uh, a song that you would want to have played at the end of the episode? Anything by Dr. John.
1: I don't know if you had a chance to look him up.
0: Uh, Uh, Okay. So I have it, I have it written down from our last talk. It's right place, wrong time. Yeah. Okay. I have not looked up the song yet, but okay. But, uh, yeah. What, what, what about that song?
1: Uh, I just really enjoy it, man. It's, uh, kind of New Orleans jazz. I, I, I like a lot of things that, that old Dr. John does.
0: Cool. Okay. Uh, we didn't even talk about jazz. Uh, yeah, you know, most, you know, most people from Texas, most people that are in Burnett are, you know, obviously, you know, country's a big thing, but, um, I feel like jazz is, is more of an acquired taste.
2: It is. It
0: is. Is there, how did you, well, how did you get into jazz or what, how do you find out about that?
1: Uh, my dad actually uh turned me on to Dr. John um uh, through one of his uh his searches to find new music. Um like you he's a musician like you, plays guitar, um so music has always kind of been in my life um since since very, very early on. My dad was always playing
2: guitar in a rock band, and um, he mainly plays acoustic now. Um,
1: but he he's always searching for new music. Um, yeah. And Doctor John, like the, the first one that I heard of Doctor John was uh, Ico Ico he actually explains there's a video of him explaining that, that song. I think you would really, really enjoy it. Um, he gets really in depth to the music side of it.
0: Okay, cool. That sounds good. Uh, I took a jazz history class, uh, in, in community college, uh, when I was living in Arizona and, uh, jazz is not something that I can listen to if I'm moving around or if I'm driving. It's uh-huh. I had, I, I realized like I can only really take it in if I just slow way, way, way down and I've got a beer in my hand and I'm not doing anything else. Right. And, and it's, it's hard now to not be distracted by my phone or, you know, that kind of thing. So, uh, I, I wrote a paper on, uh, Miles Davis, uh, kind of blue which okay. you know it's it's the classic jazz record that everyone knows yeah um, yeah but um that's about as far as i got with jazz after that you know i still i still you know clung on to my my punk and hardcore and yeah there uh, you go metal that kind of thing but um jazz is really nice if you slow down <laughs> yes yes well with with
1: the, the the jazz that Dr. John plays, you won't have to slow down, buddy. Ah,
0: okay. Yeah. <laughs> you it. It's good stuff. Okay. Cool. Well, uh, Patrick, thank you so much for doing this. Thank and thanks for contacting me. You know, after our first you know talk and volunteering to open up a little bit more. Um, yeah, absolutely. To, share more about your, you know, cause you had said you wanted to talk about your son's heart surgery, that kind of thing. And, um, yeah, so I, I did not detect from the last time that we talked that you were guarded in any way. It didn't, it didn't feel like that when we talked last time, but, no. uh, yeah, I just want to say thank you for coming back around and I'm, I'm glad that we were able to make this work. Absolutely. Um,
1: thank you for having me, Nick. And, yeah. uh, I look forward to seeing some more of these.
0: I've, I've got at least one other person that a conversation with them that was supposed to happen back in February fell through, (laughs) and um, I I need to come back around to that person and and try to make it work. So, cool, man. All right. right. Well, have a good day. Um, Celebrate your your wife on Mother's Day, and absolutely, we'll do it. You as well. I will. I am. (laughs) Yeah. Great. All right, man. Take care. Thanks. All right. See you later hmm Bye.
3: Security. Mm-hmm. have